You are listening to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, season three, episode seven, Krom Kruak. Hello, my pretty ones, and welcome to the Robin of Sherwood podcast. My name is Tietze Wilman and I'm the host of this show in which I discuss the wonderful TV series Robin of Sherwood episode by episode. And as always, I'm not doing that alone. Calling in uh, to share his thoughts and feelings about Chrome Kruak is Gary Rhodes. So Gary, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, nice to be here again. Well, good, uh, good to have you back on. Um, yeah. We have a, we have a lot uh, to talk about this time, so uh, let's get uh, right to it. Oh, yeah. Um, First of all, I had an interesting email conversation with one of our listeners called uh, Nadia Bashu, and uh, she responded to our latest regular episode I did with uh, with Steph uh, some time ago, and it was about uh, the cross of Saint Syracus. And uh, Nadia wrote, "My main gripe about Robin of Sherwood is the unfinished storylines. I know people argue they probably would have been tackled in a new series, uh, but to my mind, if you start a storyline, you should finish it in the same series." Uh, I'm an author, I write under the pen name N.D. Dixon. I had never heard of Robin of Sherwood when I began writing my Robin Hood books. Um, and I had Robin and Guy as half-brothers too. And I was worried I'd be accused of copying, but as Kip Carpenter never finished the story, I decided to continue. And um, my personal feeling is um, that it was too late to redeem Guy, and I explored that in my, in my second book. So um, that, that's what she had to say about it. How do you feel about those um, unfinished storylines? Yeah, I hate that when you get into a series and it doesn't resolve it. But I mean, Kip was, he used to say that he was saving the brother's storyline for the very opening of series four. Yeah. So it was basically going to be uh, that Mary's are captured except Robin. And Robin sends a message to Gisborne saying, if you bring my guys out here, I'll tell you who your father is. And Gisborne says, uh, what are you talking about? My father was Edmund of Gisborne. And Robin says, no, he wasn't. And you know he wasn't. And Guy thinks about this, and he brings out the prisoners. And Robin tells him. And Guy has heard that the Earl is sick, and he rides to Huntingdon to claim the Earldom. And he rides through the gates and he tells them, and they say, who told you this? And he says, Robin Hood told me. They say, Robin Hood told you? Seriously? And you believed him? And he's laughed out of the place and the Earl is, in one version, the Earl is dead and he can't claim the earldom. And in the other one, the Earl is very much alive. But either way, Gisborne doesn't manage to claim the earldom. But yeah, it, it's, but it would have it's been an interesting setup the, that he had. The, the big reveal of the of their uh, um, half hood. I think. Yeah, and I mean, Kip had a lot of ideas for series four, and sometimes he'd extrapolate on the ending of series four, and it was various things. He'd change his mind and go back and forth. So sometimes it'd kind of end in a bloodbath, and sometimes it'd have a happy ending. Yeah, and uh, do you know in his mind was the fourth series uh, would have been would that have been the last one or? Um, I think they would have gone on for as long as uh, it was making money, to be blunt. Yeah, but, but, but perhaps mean, he could have um, felt that uh, um, he needed one more uh, season he, to, to, I mean, to finish the, the story he wanted to tell, and then perhaps say, well, if you want to continue the show. Uh, that's, that's yeah. fine, but I'm well, going to he stop was, writing it. He was basically gone off and started doing his own thing like other shows and setting those up. So, like, he was kind of supervising Robin, but not fully involved at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, they might have gone to a fifth year, but I don't think they would have gone any longer than that. I mean, I think the fourth would have probably have been the last. Would it have been great, by the way, if they could use uh, some of his ideas, like the one you just uh, uh, told us about, uh, if they could use that in the audios, they're, uh, if they're still going to produce any more? 
Oh, I think um, I think they probably will resolve the brothers line. They're working their way through series four, so there's a good chance they will if they continue. Yeah. So let's they hope that they, they do. They confirmed that they're going to continue, right? I've not heard anything yet. I mean, nothing's been announced as of this, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to money. It costs a lot to produce these things, apparently. So yeah, if there's enough support, then they probably will. Yeah. Well. Um... Yeah, well, we we can talk about the audios uh, perhaps uh, some other time. Um, yeah. But but still, uh, like the storyline you just uh, you just told us, uh, I think it would have been great if they uh, if they have the uh, license and uh, um, if, they, if they are allowed to to do it, if they could you know um, pick up some of those ideas and then uh, then work them into the to the audio books of the fourth season. Anyway, yep. uh, that being I'm said, sure they will. Yeah. And uh, now let's focus on Krom Kruik. And, oh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like we said before, oh, yeah. there's a lot to talk about um, in this one. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it starts when uh, uh, Gulnar is uh, kneeling next to some bubbly water. There's a lot of smoke and he mumbles some sort of spell. And uh, at this point, we don't see his face, but uh, well, it's uh, very uh, clear that it's Gulnar because there's only one person in the world uh, who speaks like that? Uh, like that? Yeah, apart from the Bee Gees, <laughs> so, he'd probably do well in a, in one of their songs. Yeah, uh, staying alive. Uh, I mean, yep, would be a good one. Yeah, in Robin yeah, Sherwood. Absolutely, uh, especially after this episode, because uh, yeah, for some reason he is he staying does. alive. Yeah, um, and then um, Gulnar says, "Reveal," and in the water we see much. He's out uh, hunting a deer. And uh, Gulnar uh, screams, uh, run, my pretty one. And uh, then we cut to the camp where Robin says he's uh, worried about much and he wants to go out uh, to find him because he's been uh, gone too long. Um, meanwhile, Gulnar starts to freak out. And uh, at that point, uh, much falls into a trap. He seems uh, seriously hurt by some spikes. And uh, Gulnar celebrates this like he has just won the World Cup. And that's the yep. introduction to this episode. Yep. Interestingly, it looks like Much is hunting the same deer from the very first episode. So maybe they used the same stock footage. <laughs> I don't know why, but this just suddenly popped into my head when I was uh, re-watching it. I just yeah. thought it was a funny uh, coincidence. If, if I can right imagine it's that. quite hard to get some good deer footage. So maybe Yeah, well, it's uh, save the money, use the footage. <laughs> True. Um, and also, um, apparently always bad things uh, are happening when Much tries to uh, catch a deer. I mean, in the first time uh, around, he um, he got thrown in a dungeon and this time he falls into the trap. So Yeah, I can see a pattern here for sure. Absolutely. Especially Don't this one particular deer. deer. Go vegan, <laughs> Much. <laughs> yeah, that's some great advice. Um, anyway, so after the credits, um, the Marys are with much, so they managed to find him uh, pretty easily, I suppose. And uh, he is indeed uh, seriously uh, hurt. Uh, he also said he heard voices. And uh, then the Marys decide to go to Wickham for help, but then they realize that they are lost. And that's, mm. that's a bit strange already. I mean, they yeah. find, they I mean, find much yeah. from the camp who was out hunting, but they can't find Wickham but of course the man behind that all is, is Gulnar he's uh, yeah we see him waving around his magical skull staff well you can do anything with magic so yeah that it, that's our cover for any plot holes here yeah and there's quite some of them I think yeah the magic did it it's always the magic did it yeah yep that, that sorts it out yeah. you can't argue with that yeah um, well something um, Gulnar apparently does with his magic is send up uh, a guy with a cart uh, yeah. co coming out of nowhere. Yeah, he seems a nice enough guy. But strangely, um, he hasn't heard uh, of Wickham before. Yeah. Maybe he's not a cabbage either. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he is vegan. Who's to say? Yeah. Yeah, then he would have heard of Wickham. Yeah, so much should go vegan so, and the card yeah. guy should start eating cabbage. 
That's... Yeah, they need no way we can miss. <laughs> yeah, so, known for their catch. There you go. <laughs> um, and the card guy says that he uh, he's from a small village called Crom Kruik, which doesn't sound familiar to the outlaws except for Tuck. And he has heard of that name before and he has very bad feeling about it. And um, he refuses to go there. And so um, he and Marion decide to go back to the camp. And I think here um, we really need the magic to fill up the plot holes. Yeah, I can imagine Robin saying something like, I have a great idea, guys. Let's send the two people who were really good at medicine away. Because we've got a sick, injured guy here who's close to death, and we don't want those people around. So you go off. We know nothing about medicine, but we'll take care of him by laying him on salt. Yeah. Which, let's face it, that's got to hurt. If yeah. he gets it, into the wound. It, it, it's really weird to send Marion uh, away with Doc, as she uh, most uh, d- does most of the healing in the series. Also, how can they go back to camp if they are lost? Um, Robin says that uh, Tuck can't go back alone because the woods are full of soldiers. But still, it was no problem that uh, Much went out hunting by himself. It doesn't make a lot of sense now, does it? No, that's that's different. I don't know how, but it is. (laughs) No, I mean, it's a problem you find in a lot of these um, Horowitz episodes is the logic is sometimes uh, skewed somewhat. Whereas Kip's episodes, they have a kind of internal logic to them. Whatever's happening most of the time, it's kind of, it makes sense within the context and he doesn't change the rules of the world to um, to fit the storyline. So I think it's just down to writing experience there. Yeah, yeah maybe, and also um, it, it feels a bit like there was a bit of a time pressure, I mean, it, sometimes this script feels a bit like a first draft and they should have gone over it again and fixed these little things, uh, some of which were pretty easy to fix, I think. Yeah. Just taking a bit Just more time for it. A line here and there would probably have fixed it. Yeah. Or it might have just been some problem with the edit. I mean, I don't know how many versions they went through for this one. Yeah, me neither. Um, also, it's it's a bit weird that Robin is listening to Tuck. I mean, Tuck hardly ever uh, makes a statement like this, um, and and he obviously has something to say about it. He's the only one who has heard of Chrome Kruak before, but Robin Robin just refuses to to take him seriously. Yeah, what do you think that is? You see this, you see this a lot in. Um in films and stuff. I think it's in Lord of the Rings where, yeah, well, it is in Lord of the Rings where Legolas three times tells Aragorn, we got to get out of here. Something bad is coming. And each time he ignores him and then something bad comes. So it, it is a standard plot device in um, film and TV when someone says, guys, there's something bad here. Okay, but we're going to ignore you totally and do yeah. this. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking yeah. maybe um, Robin is trying to be the leader too hard. I mean, he still has to fight for his position a bit. Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. In some of these episodes, there's something off with the characters in terms of how they're written. They don't quite sound right. They don't act quite right. It's a difficult thing to put my finger on, but... It's something in the writing that he's not quite captured them. No. So the way they not act. Not always. Not always. In, 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 um, in this case, he just needs Robin and Tuck, of uh, uh, Marion and Tuck, um, separated from the rest of the group. I mean, yeah. And why that is, we'll we'll uh, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. Um, first, we see uh, the unknown village of Crom Kruak, of course. Uh, some people are uh, really uh, enthusiastically uh, uh, drowning an old woman uh, they believe to be a yeah. witch. That sounds like fun. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, in some, really some cases, I could quite get into that, <laughs> I think. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's what you do, I guess. And uh, after that, we see a guy called Thomas the Miller who gets a fine. Uh, from Gilbert, uh, the leader of the village. 
And then uh, afterwards, uh, Gilbert meets with his uh, master, Gulnar, and uh, they have a word. And uh, he tells them that their visitors are about to arrive. And he tells Gilbert uh, to prepare for that. And uh, then uh, he has to welcome the, uh, the Marys, and, uh, and that's exactly what he does. Yeah, he does. And um, I've, I, I didn't notice this until I watched it last time. But they go into Chrome Cruach and there's people in costumes. They're all very nice. There's, yeah, it just reminded me of like a, a fan convention. <laughs> the way people are acting, there's dancing. There's a woman going round who's amorous it, yeah i thought this this is like a fan convention is this some kind of satire on that yeah so yeah i, I mean I, i've uh, never uh, been to one of those but i i can i can imagine yeah no they're not they're not like chrome cruach it just <laughs> it just struck me as like it has similar elements of everyone so friendly and nice and yeah and and i yeah, if they'd have made this like 10 years later, I'd think, ah, now I know, they're really satirizing the fancy, yeah. <laughs> not not necessarily Robin or Sherwood, but yeah, the general thing. Yeah, it be, be, because they're really, really nice to the Marys. Um, they, they, uh, yeah. Gilbert says that much will be taken care of. Um, but also there's some strange things going on because uh, John wants to stay with much, but Gilbert says he can't. And... Um, then he announces that there's going to be a feast uh, that night. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. Um, if we are led to believe um, that this is a very nice uh, village, um, we don't get a chance because we uh, know from the start that Gulnar is behind all of this. Uh, the first yeah. thing we see uh, in Krom Kruak is the, the, the drowning of the old lady. I mean, that's, yeah. that's very nasty as well. So... We as yeah. viewers, we never um, get to see never fully, uh, a beautiful, the nice, nice village with friendly, pe helpful people. We don't buy it for for a second, and I think that may have worked a bit better. Yeah, I mean the structure is a bit uh, messed up in this episode. Yeah, I think so too. And I found, I mean, not so much in this scene, but later on, it tends to cut around a little bit. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. But as a general rule, I think they just reveal too much too early. Yeah, and it I kind agree. of destroys the power of the narrative, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah, which, yeah. But there's still some um, intriguing things going on. I mean, uh, the moment where Will sees this blonde woman and, uh, and he, he follows, uh, follows her a bit around the village. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. We immediately get a sense that there's something going on there, but we don't just uh, know what it is. So that's, that, that's one of the yeah, I mean that, that is that great. things aren't right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I heard this and it really intrigued me, but apparently there was a script submitted for series two with Robin of Loxley, which is a similar thing, except it's set in Loxley as the ghost village and it's about Eorik. Hmm. That would have been interesting. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking, oh, that sounded good. Um, and I don't know if they just rewrote that script, you know, for this one quickly to fill up. We need another episode or what? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, the uh, Tim Carpenter was playing with the idea uh, of a of an enchanted village that seems to be too good to be true, but it's all a trap. Um, yeah, from I very think, early on, so that does make sense. Yeah, I think this was a different writer who submitted a story, but um, but you get the idea that the idea had been floating around the production for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, but no, and, and I, I must say um, it, it is a great idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, bit, I love uh, the idea. Yeah, quite some problems with the way it's executed, uh, because at this point we see Gulnar spying on the outlaws to make it even more clear that he is behind all this and that there's trouble in the village. It's just so so obvious. That's that's yeah, a shame, it's, I think. it's just too uh, clear. Yeah, about it. And. Uh, after that, um, in a flashback, we see Will and his uh, and his uh, wife Elena. 
being happy and uh, he seems to have found her back so that's that's touching i think it's uh, yeah it i think more it's, about will it's great to uh, finally see elena yeah you know as a character and i think the scenes with her and will are some of the best ones in this episode yeah i think so too i mean we, we already knew about will's backstory a bit but seeing him yeah. with his wife adds uh, like an extra emotional layer to his character, yeah. I think. That, that, is, that is something in this episode that works fantastically, I think. Yeah. It really is. It really gives it a lot of emotional uh, kick, yeah. emotional strength. And, uh, and also, I like it because it seems that um, um, all of the outlaws are going to get a good reason for wanting to stay in the village, which is a great concept, except that well we'll get to that a, a, a bit later but in my uh, opinion will is the only one who has a good reason to want it, uh, for wanting to stay there yeah he really because does the rest is just a bit unclear yeah um yeah i mean yeah i mean if tuck had been there then you have the problem of what's his uh, what's his draw to stay there what's his reason yeah and if Marion had been there, then you have the problem of why doesn't she see Loxley? So I can understand why they took her out of the village and away from it. Because it, it has to work um, narratively. Yeah. It's, it's and, true. Yeah. But I, I don't like the way they did it. No, but I, I can understand dramatically. They thought, ah, oh, we got a problem here. If Marion's in the village and they see people they care about, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, um, it, yeah. it works for Will. I mean, I, w- I was thinking if I Will, had to... It works if, fantastically. Yeah. If, if I had to rewrite this episode, I think it would have worked a lot better if Will ended up there. Just Will in the village and he didn't want to leave and the others had to come in and rescue him or persuade him or something like that but yeah i mean it, it really it really really would have highlighted his character yeah and and, and they, they're ways. obviously struggling uh, to um provide a good reason for wanting to stay for the rest of the outlaws but uh we'll, we'll get there in a minute yep first coming we see, soon uh, folks <laughs> hang on <laughs> But first, we see uh, Thomas running through the forest to the smoking, bubbly pool where uh, Gulnar uh, hangs around. And uh, this time, he's not alone. There are some At the zona, yeah. guards, guards w- with him. And um, I have a problem with those guards. They look horrible, I think. The uh, the Ringwraith guys. Yeah. You mean? I mean, are, I are, think... are they wearing the same... Uh, costumes that the Marys wore in the beginning of uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham? Possibly, considering the budget. As, yeah. To be honest, I didn't I didn't notice that. It's possible. I thought they looked pretty good. So they looked pretty menacing. Yeah. So visually, at, at, at this point, visually, they I may be alright, but at the end when they start to fight, poof. Oh, oh yeah. We'll we'll them. get to that bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, visually they look great and very threatening, I thought. But I mean, the problem is you don't know where they come from or why they're there. That, that's the problem I have, is they're just kind of there for no reason other than that the plot needs them. And you're kind of like, huh? Well, okay, I, I guess we take a leap of faith here and have these guys around. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, we learn um, a bit more about what's going on uh, in the village uh, when Thomas says, uh, uh, "Please, master, uh, don't kill me." And then Gulnar replies, "How can I kill you when you are already dead?" Yeah. And then there's a horrible sound effect when he stabs him, <laughs> which kind of surprised me. Because it sounded really violent. It's far more violent than I remembered. I was kind of like, wow, ouch, that's got to hurt. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised at that in a a kid's show, young adult's show. But, yeah, it is quite a violent show in a lot of ways. Yeah, And and, and right after that, we see that uh, Much is waking up. So... um... 
I think it's in there so we don't forget. Oh yeah, that was the problem uh, to begin with that uh, much was seriously hurt. Uh, yeah. But after that, we uh, cut to Tuck and Marion who uh, oh, yeah. arrive at the Abbey. Finally. Yeah, finally. Someone, someone wrote a wonderful spoof where they of this episode where they said they couldn't find Thornton Abbey, so they went to Thornton's Chocolates instead. <laughs> and yeah. um, they got something from there that they dropped <laughs> and solved the problem with. It's very good. Very well-written spoof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, well, like we said before, um, uh, if they are so lost and can't find Wickham, how can they find the Abbey that easily? But, uh, well, I guess we're just going to have to... I guess once they get that. far enough away from the village, then things start to go back to normal. Yeah. But if that's the case, then please inform us about that. That's my... Yeah. Opinion on that. Well, um, but Doug tells that he has lived uh, for many years at the, at the Abbey, and uh, he wants to visit the library, uh, and that's why he didn't uh, go back to the camp as he said he would. Um, I don't have an idea why he didn't tell Robin about it, about his plan. Why did he say I want to go back to the camp and then didn't? I guess he didn't think of it until later. Hmm, possible. I feel like I'm some kind of like repairer guy for this plot, <laughs> going around filling everything in. Yeah, and but there's yeah. There, that bit's done. Also, why not take much to Abby? Hmm. You're ruining the plot. If I'm they sorry. Do I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, it makes a lot. Quit it with that. <laughs> we'll have no plot left by the time you're done. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll. I'll... I'll try to be a bit less um, critical. No, it's fine, it's fine. That's <laughs> what we do. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Other than that they, they needed to for the plot. Yeah, um, Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's it's nice here because we get to see a bit of, uh, I nearly said Phil's back, Tuck's, <laughs> Tuck's background there Yeah. in this episode. Oh, that's, that's wonderful, know, absolutely. Uh, where he came from, yeah. finally. Yeah. But first, uh, we see a woman uh, running through a field, chased by soldiers. And uh, it's a dream that John is having. And he wakes up shouting, uh, Mag. Yeah. Uh, then Robin says he had a nightmare too about Marion. And here's the thing. Why would nightmares about their uh, loved ones wanting them, making them wanting to stay in the village? I don't get it. I don't know. It's some kind of weird psychological torture, I guess, that uh, the Gulnar's uh, inflicting on them. Yeah, but I would say if they were worried about Mag and Mar Marion, then they would yeah, want to leave. Leave, leave and yeah. check if everything's okay, if, if they need help or anything. So it, it makes sense to me to do that. They basically say hey, I'm having these bad dreams and we know from the past that these visions can come true, but let's just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And um, we also uh, learn that Nasir has left the village. We hear uh, Gulnar's voice and uh, we see a masked Saracen fighter showing up and he attacks Nasir. And Nasir kills him, but when he removes the mask, he finds out that it's, uh, it's Robin. And uh, when Lee looks up... Yeah. Um, the word, the word, yeah, the word Nazir is looking for is oh. At that yeah. point, yeah, it's it's a funny fight that they have. I don't know why it looked quite robotic to me. You know the way they move, and yeah. I thought, now I understand how he got the job on Transformers. So, um. uh, yeah, he finds out it's Robin, which yeah must have come as a surprise. There's a yeah, that, that, that's a great reveal. I think. I mean, I I, I didn't see that one coming when I first yeah, watched. Yeah, nice little chance for some eyebrow movements there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, back in the village, uh, Robin and John uh, they find much. Uh, he works for the the blacksmith now, and uh, yeah, he seems to be. Perfectly healthy, but he doesn't yeah, know he's his doing friends well. anymore. Well, he's, he's doing better than any of them. He's got a real job for a start. True, but don't, don't yeah, uh, forget right. Will and his wife. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, he, he doesn't remember, um, his, 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 uh, doesn't recognize his friends anymore. 
So um, I, I, again, just you know, picking the plot apart a bit. Uh, if Gulnar can somehow make them forget about each other, why doesn't he um, do that with all of them? That would make things. A lot Maybe easier. he can only do it one at a time. Yeah, sure. That's the only explanation <laughs> the way, I can think of. That's the way magic works. But luckily, in the next scene, we see uh, Tuck and Marion um, uh, talking to the abbot at Thornton Abbey, and uh, I, I really love that uh, that scene. So uh, that's why I decided to uh, to pick that one to have a listen to. The devil sent an apparition to haunt me. Or is it Brother Tuck? You look well, Father. I am well. And all the better for having seen the back of you. What impertinence brings you here, Brother Tuck? Late for lords, asleep through vespers? For 11 years I put up with it, hoping and praying that you'd settle in your vacation. And when you grew bored and restless, I procured you a first-class commission as chaplain to the Sheriff of Nottingham. And how did you show your gratitude? You deserted your post went and joined a band of cutthroats in the forest. And who is this woman? I'm one of those cutthroats, Father. Are you? Are you indeed? Father. Brother. The library. Library? So that's what you come here for, is it the library? I seem to remember the warming house and the kitchen were more to your taste. I'm not going to eat you. You're as hopeless as you ever were. But I miss you. We all do. I dare say you've been doing some good in your own way. Come, bring the cutthroat in. Let us eat. And tell me what it is you need to know. Now, in the interview uh, with Phil Rose we had on the podcast uh, last year, uh, he called this one of his personal highlights uh, from the show. I, I totally agree. It's it's very well written. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely scene. Yeah, it's a nice uh, character scene and it's nicely played yeah, by the both of them. Yeah, it's it's, it's so it's yeah, great. it is it is a great scene. Yeah, the episode really would have benefited if we had a lot more uh, from the Abbey and a lot less from uh, from Kruick. I think it's kind of, the problem is it's kind of split, you know, you have this great idea with Will and his wife, that works lovely, you have this great idea with uh, Tuck and the Abbot, that works lovely, but around that you have this bizarre plotline about a ghostly Irish village and a mad sorcerer, uh, Yeah. and you're kind of thinking, okay, here he's a good rider, here he's a good rider, here he's smoking something. <laughs> Because yeah, he's blended these these things together, and it, you're kind of thinking, okay, just go with that one or that one. Let's not that not that one so much. Yeah, yeah but, uh, I I agree. It's great uh, though that um, uh, uh, that he has an eye for the backstory of the of the uh, characters and the Marys. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 yeah. I think he was he had a good uh, strength there for filling those in. Yeah, so uh, credits for that. And especially for Chuck here in the Abbey, I, uh, I really love that scene. Well, it's nice to hear a bit about Tuck's background because he tends to get neglected a little bit as a character. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't really know what to do with him a lot of the time. So it was nice that they actually found something and it worked. Yeah, I agree. Would have liked a little more yeah. in um, later episodes. But back in yep. Kruak, uh, Robin and John, they go to Will for help, but he is fishing yeah. and uh, he's happy with his wife. Um, and uh, he states yes. that he's not Scarlet anymore, but Will's Catlock, um, the name he dropped after his wife was murdered. So that, that was interesting to hear, I think. I mean, it says something about his state of mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, this is at this point, it's working really well as a character piece. Yeah. You know? It is. I think it's but, you really see into these characters a little more. Yeah. 
than uh, than you really should, but it works. It works really well in these scenes. I have to say, I like Will's hut. It looks like this nice little holiday thing you'd find in Sweden or somewhere. So I, I thought, yeah, he's he's got a good place there. Yeah. So that was something I thought, oh, he's got a good summer house here. Yeah, he seems... So it seemed, I could see why he'd be happy there. Yeah, me too. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Gulnar is uh, doing more strange incantation um, with his magic. I hate pool. when he does that. Um, he's turning the water red, uh, red with an well, with an outdated special effect. And um, mm, yeah, he says something about a feast and how Crom Kruak will rise up to claim his own. And uh, in this case, he doesn't be in the village, but uh, the demon called Crom Kruak. And uh, Gulnar also says he will have his revenge. Mm. And that makes me wonder, what, what is uh, Gulnar's motivation here? I guess it, it's got something to do with Owen of Clan. Yeah. Um, but that didn't quite seem to hang with what happens in Henson. No. To some extent it does, but yeah, I don't well, know. Um, later on he calls Robin a murderer of my master and humiliator of myself. Myself, yeah. So something like that is, uh, it sounds yeah, like, it, a bit like, like his motivation, but it doesn't really explain. that believable. No. Uh, we got a comment from a listener called Mark Beam. Who said on yeah. our uh, uh, Facebook page, um, Gulnar uh, becomes uh, infatuated with Marion when he gives her the love potion. This is made clear non-verbally uh, throughout the rest of the episode. All you have to do is watch Gulnar's reactions, uh, reaction shots. And uh, this is his motivation to get rid of Owen. He would never admit his own uh, culpability uh, to Robin, so he feigns wanting revenge for the death of his lord. So... Is he secretly I, in love with Marion? I've never heard that theory before, but that's a great one. In which case, but then why not just lure her to a magical village on her own? Yeah, except uh, pretty much all of them except for Marion. Yeah, so he pretty much backfires on that one. Yeah, true. And also, I don't see Gulnar being in love with anyone. There's, there's also there's nothing about that in Time of the Wolf that I recall. No. That fits that, but it fits it fits nicely in Hanson. It is a great theory that I've never heard before. Yeah. So that is a good one. I like that. There you go, and that's why we have a a, a Facebook page and an email address so everybody can yeah, write everyone in and share their own uh, thoughts. Everyone has different ideas. Um, to contribute so it's always interesting to hear some yeah yeah um, meanwhile in the village like you said uh, robin and john they're basically not doing anything because they're no. discussing the situation they're still keeping their heads cool uh, despite one of their friends being mysteriously healed and forgot who they are the other other one has run off with his dead wife and then yep. robin says there's something evil i mean yeah there is <laughs> waiting for John to say something like no shit Sherlock yeah <laughs> he it's... probably does in the outtakes yeah they're so extremely passive uh, as well yeah and then, then he notices that uh, there are no children in the village yeah I mean and which I is, which is a nice nice thing to put in there and a bit spooky and mysterious but there's a lot worse things uh, to be concerned about I think as a, as a parent of two young kids, when I heard that Crom Kruak had a little more appeal to go to for a few hours. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, um, maybe it would be a good place uh, to record our podcast because uh, um, at this very moment, uh, our baby daughter is asleep and I don't know how long she will be asleep. So we might get interrupted at any moment. And uh... Yeah, the tension is killing me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, they noticed that um, that there's no children in yeah. the village. So, um, well, and they noticed that there's something evil going on. So there's only one thing um, that makes sense to do, and that is uh, to split up. Uh, yep. So John is I going to find us here in the greatest of Scooby-Doo traditions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, um, uh, John uh, is going to find us here and Robin wants to speak to Thomas the Miller. Uh, but first, uh, John has this uh, vision of Mac being killed again. Oh, we've, oh, we've seen that uh, that before. And um, yeah. Robin goes to the mill where he finds the miller's wife who calls herself a widow. And um, yeah. um, she unsuccessfully tries to seduce uh, Robin. I mean, what's, what's going on with the miller's wife? Have you got any idea? Um, well... She's just one of those types, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to put it. It's just one of those weird characters that you see that has some bizarre ex exposition. Yeah. Um, something like, you'll never get out of here. And then they have the maniacal laugh. Yeah. You see that straight out of an old um, Hammer Horror movie or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a bit So I don't know if that's what they're referencing is these uh, funny old movies. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird, weird character. Just a weird scene. Yeah. Then uh, Robin and John meet up again. Uh, John has found us here. He's guarding the path uh, to the magical uh, Gulnar pool. And also yeah. uh, Nazir doesn't recognize his friends uh, anymore either. And he, uh, he speaks Arabic to them. So there's that. Yeah. Someone has stolen my rowing boat. Yeah. Is apparently what he says. Yeah, I don't speak Arabic, so... Well, <laughs> it's not what he says. It sounds a bit like that, right? Um, apparently, if you translate the Arabic, that's what he actually says. I, I uh, don't know. If, uh, has, has anybody ever um, checked that one, or is it just so I mean, funny I, that everybody just keeps repeating it? It's unfortunate because... A few years ago, I had a few Arabic friends who could have checked exactly what he was saying, but I didn't ask them <laughs> to watch it and tell me. Yeah. Wow. So I would have loved to actually have done that. If I get chance again, then um, then I might ask just for, just yeah. for you yeah. know. It's probably, it's probably mostly gibberish, to be honest, that yeah. he says. Um, um, when you're yeah. trying to speak another language, it's... Yeah, it can come out pretty funny. Yeah, in Believe a, me, I know, I do it all the time. <laughs> so. Yeah, in a, in Holland here, um, there's this uh, thing on the radio which is uh, pretty popular called uh, Mama Applesop, and it's a uh, like a, a funny uh, thing they do where people can call in if they um, hear some Dutch in an English song. Yeah. So sometimes an English uh, line sounds a bit like a Dutch line, and then uh, it's always really weird. Um, it's called a uh, Mama Applesop, uh, which is uh, uh, Mama, well, like Mother uh, Apple Juice uh, from uh, the the Michael Jackson thing, you know. Mama say, yeah. Mama sa, Mama kusa. So it sounds a bit like that. You can always interpret uh, the way you want it. Yeah, you have to be careful with trying to interpret stuff. In Denmark, they have a word called plusly. And um, I used to hear this when I first came here. I thought they were saying Bruce Lee. <laughs> so I thought, wow, that guy's really popular here because <laughs> everyone's talking about him. Um, I don't know. I just associated it totally wrong. Yeah. And yeah. There you go. It's easy yeah, there's probably something uh, uh, similar going on with the whole rowing boat line, but it's uh, yeah. it's it's too funny we to could be saying anything. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is fun to speculate. But apparently, according to fandom law, he has the line, and it's supposed to be something like, "I am the guardian of the stone circle; none none shall pass." Yeah. But apparently, he says he actually says, uh, "Someone has stolen my rowing boat" in Arabic. Yeah. Um, which is which quite may be true as well. Maybe there was a rowing boat in a magical pool and uh, somebody stole well, it. Yeah. We don't know. It helps if you've got to cross the bubbling water. It <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs> has turned red uh, uh, um, at this point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, back at uh, Thornton Abbey, um, the abbot helps uh, Tuck and Marion uh, to learn more about Krom Kruak. He was a yeah. sort of a, a, a demon that gave the villagers good harvest and such and uh, demanded their children as a sacrifice in return. Um, but this was not enough and the village was consumed in, uh, in flames. And uh, the festival this happened at is held tomorrow. So uh, Tuck and Marion need to uh, get there as, uh, as soon as possible. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. There's one thing I always thought funny. In the scene before where he says, I want to go to the library. Yeah. The priest says, okay, I'll take you there. The abbot says that. Yeah. And then you have this whole scene with the Marys and it's evening. And then you go back to the abbey and they've just got to the library. And I'm thinking, how long does it take to walk <laughs> across the abbey to the library? It's just the way it's edited together. You know, it's kind of, yeah, I wish they'd have put both scenes together, you know, where they, he says, let's go to the abbey, and then the whole scene where the, he brings the book. Yeah, true. Because it looks like they've spent ages to, just to get to the library there. Yeah. I, so I, I, must say, I do like the detail that um, the book they're mentioning uh, actually exists and uh, Crumb Kruak is, um, is in it. Yeah, in that, that's, so that's really nice, cool. That's a nice detail and they, did, they absolutely did some uh, research uh, on it. So I really, yeah, I really mean, like that. That is a nice uh, touch there yeah. on the book. And um, also um, the abbot uh, does not only um, uh, help them learn more about Crumb Kruak, and he also uh, provides them with a solution because he uh, gives them some holy water and uh, tells them to throw it in a magical pool. That which always he knows about, helps. Yeah, which he knows about as well, uh, obviously. Yeah. If you've got a problem, just throw some magic water in a pool. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. And um, despite being in a hurry, um, the abbot and Marion have a nice little chat about Robin. And uh, interestingly enough, um, it is the abbot who tells her she's in love with him. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting conversation, I think. I think it's a really nice scene. True. Yeah, a really nice character scene. It's just that it doesn't fit in with the pacing no. of the thing, where they have to basically rush off, but they seem to like basically take their time. Yeah. And I, th I think it's like, well, we have this great character and a great actor. Let's put them it's, to work for this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could edit it a different way, you probably have a really stronger storyline. Yeah. With nicer scenes there. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. But it is a lovely scene. Yeah. I do like it a lot. Yeah. Um, back in Crom Kruak, um, Robin and John decide to split up uh, again. Not again. Yes, again. That's what this, they do. This never works. No, they split up, then they meet up, and then they split up, and then they meet up. Um, this time, uh, John is going back to Will to provoke him into a fight, and Robin is going to try to get past Nazir, uh, even though he has no idea what Nazir is actually guarding. No. And uh, also, it's not very hard to get past Nasir because uh, he just steps aside and uh, lets him through. That's that's anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. You think, oh, Robin and Nasir are going to fight. No. Welcome, my friend. Yeah. Mm. I, I guess Nasir had instructions from Gulnar to let nobody pass except for Robin. Yeah, he got a he got a VIP pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, let him in. <laughs> you go. Yeah. One yeah. man that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so Robin comes face to face with Gulnar and uh, he explains his plan. Um, as, uh, as bad guys always do in situations like this, um, Gulnar yeah. just, you know. They, they can't resist. I no. don't know what it is. No. And, and they just. Uh, yeah. No. And, and not only he can't resist, also he really has to do this because that's why he let. Um, Nazir uh, instruct Nazir to let Robin pass, I think. Yeah, look, I could, can you imagine the cutscene of Gulnar and Nazir? Nazir, let the hooded man pass so I can explain my plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, 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 and let the hooded man come near to the, to the one spot that can destroy everything. I must okay. explain my plan, yes? <laughs> And yeah, it just, I yeah. must tell him this. <laughs> but, but he is explaining the plan. Uh, the village yeah. is going to burn again and everybody in it will die. And then uh, yeah. Robin wants to strike Gulnar with Albion, but uh, he uses some uh, sort of magic spell to block the attack and yeah. uh, may have him cast uh, the sword aside. So uh, 
Yeah, mm. that happens. Yeah, it's it's the worst thing when you're trying to kill someone and they magically block you. I hate yeah. that personally. Stop doing that, guys. Yeah, it's just irritating. Yeah. Fight like a man. Hit him yeah, with your I mean, skull it, it, stick. Yeah, it it yeah, it's cliched. I've seen it before. Yeah, that's right. So many things. <laughs> it's kind of it's nicely shot though. It looks pretty at the location, you know. I do like the location they used for that. I yeah, think it's right. great. It's really well um, filmed, I will say. The whole sequence there. And uh, at that time, uh, Chuck and Marion arrive in the village. Um, ah, they also find uh, the path to the pool. Uh, somehow everybody ends up uh, on that path. And um, Nazir does not draw his swords, but he just speaks um, Arabic to stop them. Yeah. Uh, Tuck sneaks up from behind and uh, knocks him out. So I think we can, uh, yeah, it's fair to say that Nazir is the worst uh, guardian uh, of it, the stone it, circle it, ever. Yeah, if someone the size of Tuck can sneak up on him. I know <laughs> yeah. what happened here. It's because Marion speaks Arabic to, to Nazir. Yeah, she he, says, I'm your friend, right? I don't know what she says, but she says something in Arabic. And um, he's thinking, what the hell is she saying and how did she learn this language? <laughs> he's so con confounded that Tuk can sneak up on him and whack him on the head. Yeah, and also he's still wondering where his uh, rowing boat went. So, Yeah, so he's, he's preoccupied by these things, which allows him to be uh, knocked senseless yeah. at the right moment. I think, um, but what, yeah. yeah, I did wonder whether she actually learned any Arabic. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Well, I mean, maybe but, maybe Nazir taught her. Could she have learned it from her father in the Holy Land? I don't think so, because they hardly had spent any time together after we after we True. returned, right? I mean, basically, you've got the whole of the duration of the storyline of Power of Arbion and a bit of Hanson. So not long, really. So I guess from this year. Yeah. A funny yeah. thing to want to learn, though. Even yeah. that she lives in the middle of a forest and is unlikely to speak much Arabic. To... Yeah. Well, maybe Nazir uh, taught her. That's possible. Yeah, as well. just for something to do. Yeah, I mean, yes. Li life in the forest yeah. could have been a bit uh, boring, I suppose. Or maybe she thought, I'm going to learn some Arabic. Yeah, could be um, useful for future employment in the Holy Land or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Good on the CV. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, Gulnar is um, is done explaining the plot to Robin, and um, for some reason he tells Robin to look into the water and see the face of death. I don't. Mm. Uh, I don't and what does he see in dead? The Muppet of Death. I. You know what. I wrote the Muppet of Doom on my oh, notes. Really? I, I think it's actually a Mark we were so Ryan close to getting it. Of death. Yeah, I, we were so close to getting it exactly the same. Yeah, well, we could we can do it over um, and edit it together and say, uh, what do we see in the water? That would be well, cheating. Um, I thought we were going to do this. Well, we could do <laughs> Muppet of Doom. Dum dum dum. Um, yeah, but of course, then Marion shows up. She throws the holy water into the pool that bursts into flames. And um, as the creature burns, uh, the spells on the outlaws uh, in the village are, are lifted for some reason. Uh, but still, the town goes up in flames. And it's uh, heartbreaking to see Will having to lose his wife again. Yeah, that is fantastically well uh, acted scene. Yeah. Marion has some uh, leftover water and she decides uh, to throw it at Gulnar, who screams yeah. and falls into the burning pool. Yeah. And that will be the last thing we ever see of Gulnar. Yeah. What do they put in that holy water? Yeah. <laughs> it must be powerful stuff. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to know. Yeah, Gulnar seems to be finished, but, um, uh, well, we all know he uh, shows up later. Uh, to do some more magic and weird stuff. One, yeah, one of the things I liked, which you can see on Blu-ray, which I never noticed in years past because the quality wasn't good enough, is that when Will's uh, 
Will's uh, holiday home is burning, and Eleanor's in it. She turns into an old woman. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and you can see it on the Blu-ray. And it, I'd never noticed it before because the quality wasn't there, but it's a great idea, you know, that she's actually this old hag. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a fantastic touch in this episode that yeah, they did it that. It's a bit like Carice um, uh, uh, van Houten's uh, character in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. The, the red woman, Melisandre, yeah. who's uh, yeah. later we find out that she's uh, secretly very old as well. Yeah. yeah, and and I must say um, we almost skipped over it, but uh, there's this uh, scene where uh, Will and uh, John are fighting, and um, it's actually the scene that you picked uh, to have a listen to yeah, to, uh, to, to highlight from uh, from this episode. So uh, let's uh, throw that one in. What do you want, John? We've had enough, Will. This place is mad, and you must be mad if you can't see it. Elena and me are together. That's not Elena. She died. Don't you ever say that. Why not? It's true. She died and you know it. It's a witch or a demon or the Lord knows what. Just leave me be. Leave you with that creature. No. You're coming with me, Will, whether you like it or not. We're leaving here, all of us. Elena's my wife. She's dead. No! She's dead, Will. No! 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 What is about this scene that you like so much? I think they really nail the characters in this scene. They really come through and it's the characters we know and love that are there. And you really, I think Ray really nails the uh, emotion of the scene. He really acts his his socks off in this scene. Yeah. Um, And Clive is fantastic in it as well, so you really have this powerful scene between these two characters. Yeah. They're they're such great, great actors. Yeah. They really pull it off and it's a really, yeah, it's just a really good character scene. And it's kind of one of those moments that are littered through every episode you have, or nearly every episode of which I call pure Robin or Sherwood, where it, it really gets it absolutely right. And I'd say that scene is one of those scenes that, is up there. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in Chrome Kruik, um, the, the episode, but um, there's also some really horrible stuff in it. Uh, like when they're cloaked guards, I mean, we talked about them a bit before, I won't go on and on about it, uh, but when they attack Robin and Azir and Tuck, it's oh, a yeah. horrible looking fighting scene. I, I suspect that what happened was that they filmed the fight scenes and then thought, someone said, hey, guys, we need an extra minute and a half here. What can we do? And someone had the bright idea of slowing down certain bits. Yeah, I, just, just a it, couple it of days just, ago, somebody on uh, Facebook pointed out that yeah. it seems to be that there, it's not uh, a slow motion effect, but they had the actors move really, real slowly. I I need to watch it again yeah, to confirm too, but, that but for myself I'm, because I'm, I'm not sure in, who, who who said it, but I uh, somebody stated that uh, if you look at the yeah, uh, flames yeah, in the background, you can one. see them burning in a in a normal speed. See, in my mind, they slow it down, but I will have to double check that. Yeah, in, in my mind, it, it's it's just I just wrote down in my in my notes that it's a pretty horrible looking slow motion scene it and just, maybe this explains why yeah it just kills the uh, tension for me yeah because you have this this a fairly vicious violent fight in the village where john and will are going through the village basically slaughtering everyone <laughs> as yeah. best they can and it's sort of this incredibly um vicious fight as i said it really is. Yeah, and the and panic in the village you... and people burning alive yeah. and m- much uh, to try to try to escape from the blacksmith. That all looks great. 
yeah, it, but it's it's this amazing. It's really. Um, I forget the word now. Just give me a moment. It's just really authentic, in its um, in what it's doing. It really goes for it, you know. And then suddenly you're in this slow down fight scene with a ring wraith type guy. Yeah, and in one shot it, you can actually see the actor just just having a, 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 his face painted black underneath yeah. the hood that really takes away any mysticism or uh, threat. Yeah. See, that doesn't bother me. It's that it's in slow motion that bothers me because you're going from super fast and super realistic to super slow motion and kind of silly. Yeah, it is silly. It's silly. like it's like they can't notice where they have a good thing, so they keep cutting away from it. Hello, everybody. Sietse here, uh, speaking from the future. Uh, I was just uh, busy editing the podcast and then I found out that Gulnar has uh, cursed us some way. He used his magic to um, delete the part where we discussed the final scene of the episode in which uh, uh, Mudge expresses his uh, feelings of confusion and asks uh, what happened and Tuck says, well, you wouldn't believe it. Um, Gary and I totally agreed with that, that it's too complicated to uh, explain to anybody, basically, and that's one of the big flaws in this episode. Um, another thing we discussed is uh, that it's nice, um, the location where Robin and Marion share their intimate moment, uh, not quite kissing yet, but uh, almost getting there. And also um, the connection between Will and John when Will says he's got no home and then John replies, well, Sherwood Forest has always been our home. And um, so they uh, get back to be friends again and, and there seems some really understanding between the two of them uh, after they just fought over it. And I think uh, that's a great moment as well. So um, that's what Gulnar didn't want you to know, um, but we thought it was worth uh, mentioning because it's a nice... Uh, final um, conclusion of this episode and now we pick it back up and go to the scores I hadn't seen this episode for a long time before this so I was I was quite um, intrigued to see it again because I didn't really like it uh, in years past but watching it again on Blu-ray I did quite enjoy it much more maybe it's the video quality I don't know so, for people who've known me a long time, I suggest you sit down, because you might be shocked, because I'm going to give this a three. Wow. And the reason being is that the, the character moments, when they work, they really work. I mean, if you look at it as a piece of um, ridiculous plotting, then you can enjoy it on that level. If you like the character moments, you can enjoy it on that level because there are some cracking moments here. So, yeah, I'll give it a solid three. Uh, I think it's a really hard one to score. Um, there's a lot of highlights and a lot of things that fall flat. Um, in the end, I think there's more things in it that I don't like than things in it that I do like. I'm going yeah. to award it uh, two arrows, so that makes an, an average of, of two and a half. Yep. So that's that's not bad for uh, for Chrome Kruak, I think. I mean, it's a very. Um, I think that's that's extremely generous for Chrome Kruak, I think. Yeah. It's it's an episode that doesn't always get high regard from other fans, mm -hmm. and it has an awful lot of flaws in it. Um, you but could also a lot of good stuff. So you know, I can. I yeah, can and see why some part it, people love it and why some people hate it. It's such a wildly uh, divisive episode. It, it is, but, um, yeah. To put it mildly. But it is, in in its own way, it is a lot of fun. That brings uh, this podcast to an end. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Gary. And uh, as always, I want to thank you. Yeah, uh, it's always great fun. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll come back on uh, uh, some other time. Uh, and as always, oh, yeah. I want to thank uh, the Dutch musician Bram Brouwers for playing our theme music. And uh, just like Gulnar, the podcast will return, but uh, I have no idea when that will be. Uh, you can make sure you don't miss uh, the podcast by subscribing to the Robin of Sherwood podcast on iTunes 
or by linking our uh, by liking our Facebook page. You can also link it. I don't know. And um, you can drop us a line if you have anything to say about the series or the podcast. Just send an email to SherwoodPodcast at gmail.com. So for now, thank you for listening and may Hearn protect you.